Welcome to the Living Out Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Steele, where I bring you queer thought, leadership, LGBTQ, social justice, and personal growth. Now today, I'm getting back into some one-on-one. A friend of mine said, I miss the solo podcasts with you. When are they coming back? (laughs) And I had to laugh because I've actually missed doing these at least for me, they feel very intimate because I imagine as I'm talking into the microphone that I'm actually having a conversation with you, um, even though it's very long and one-sided and I'm the only one speaking, but I'm always holding the intention and even, I guess, the, the vision or the feeling that I am speaking to you, that I am hopefully imparting what for me is either wisdom, and by wisdom I mean things I've learned, things that I've grown through, things that I'm still growing with and evolving. And I mention that in part because there might be a name change coming for the podcast, and it might happen very quickly, that I'm thinking, I've used the term queer thought leadership And Think Queerly is my magazine, my publication on Medium, where I also have other writers contributing to LGBT, social justice, and creative nonfiction. And for me, that's a brand, but also a way of thinking. I want to bring more people into this conversation. And while the expression living out has a lot of meaning for me and where the origins of the the podcast came from and this idea of living out the best of who you are and then whether you're gay or lesbian or bi or trans or non-binary but being who you are who you feel who you see yourself as on the inside and living that in the public sphere unafraid and just willing to live out is so vital and important. And it's an expression I'm going to continue to use. But what bothers me about it is that there are a number of other podcasts that use this for religion, for Christianity, for for biblical stuff. And whether that's your thing or not, I don't like that. Um, Because for me, living out and the word out and coming out, while not a word we can say we own in the queer community. And while some people don't like the word queer, and I think those people are stuck in the past because you just have to look at the world around you to recognize that queer is a word that now has a a relatively uh, well-understood meaning. It means the queer community. It can substitute for the LGBT community. It can substitute for someone who sees themselves as as part of this community, but also different, but using their difference as uniqueness, using their difference to make a difference. And in that I'm concerned with how we think and how our thoughts lead to actions and how we understand our behaviors, those perhaps ancient parts of the brain, the uh, behavioral unconscious actions. So how we understand our thinking, that's our personal growth, our personal evolution. How we think queerly, 
That's the queer thought leadership, and that is the social justice for LGBTQ people. So let's get into something more personal growth today. Have you ever felt sorry for yourself? Well, here's how you can overcome that problem. And I want to go back to, I sometimes get inspiration from my own journal. And I've, I've spoken about this. I've, I've done an episode on the importance of keeping a journal. And there's many different ways of doing it, right from digital to handwriting. And I think handwriting is still the most important way to get the greatest clarity for your thoughts and um, the best answers. When you really need to dig deep and to get to the truth, handwriting, the physical movement and how that connects with the brain and how the brain works to express thoughts through the movement of the hand on the page has been proven to have a very different effect. And also it works in learning that when we work by hand and writing things down, we hold things longer than simply highlighting. And digitizing a journal, speaking like speech to text, um, or just typing into something like day one or any other kind of digital journal may be good for getting thoughts down quickly um, and in the moment so that you don't lose them. But the journal is what really gets deep into exposing our truth. And it's been really useful for me to either look back through my digital journal or my written journal and to see where I've been, how I've witnessed my own challenges, how I have used uh, what I've witnessed, what I've seen as a way of growing, and then how I use that in my own teaching, let's say, or in my own um, narrative and storytelling to help a client that I'm coaching to overcome a particular problem because I've been there, but then I've looked at uh, unique ways, scientific ways, or other coaching models for being able to deal with this particular problem. So this particular memory happened about four years ago. I was feeling really sorry for myself for quite a lot, I think, that year. And I decided enough was enough. Feeling sorry for yourself is not an action. It holds you in the past. You're just focused on what has happened. And I needed to figure out why and how whatever happened was making me feel sorry for myself. So I started writing in my journal. Now, I was feeling sorry for myself on that particular day, that I was tired, that I was emotionally drained, that I was working really hard and I didn't seem to be getting anywhere. I was worried about money and I was worried that I was perhaps about to shift in some way in my business focus yet again. At that time, I saw that as a problem. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to change my business again. I'm going to change my focus again. Now, those original thoughts came to me while I was laying in a really hot bath. When I'm, I, I love bathing. I find it really good for just clearing my mind, but I also get a lot of clarity. 
But that was another reason why I was feeling sorry for myself. I was too tired to get any work done that morning because my body was also sore. I had had a really strenuous workout the day before, and I was probably pushing myself too hard in that workout because of how I was feeling about myself. So in a way, perhaps unconsciously, I was trying to physically deplete and maybe even cause harm to myself as a way to physically manifest what was going on in my emotions. And I asked myself the question, now, shouldn't that be a good thing? You know, I'm exercising, I'm working out, that should make me feel really good. But of course, I realized that was a pattern. That often, and still to this day, when I have a really strenuous workout, especially if it's legs, for whatever reason, that I'm a bit cranky later on in that day or the next morning. So I definitely have a physiological response, and everyone's different in how they respond to strenuous exercise, right? I'm talking lifting weights, like heavy barbell squats and and deadlifts, the stuff that really breaks down muscle tissue, muscle fiber at the cellular level, and that's what causes growth. So there's a lot of chemical reaction going on in one's body that causes tiredness, that causes an increase in the need for more calories and protein and healthy fats to repair the body, but can also have a psychological or a physiological effect. The physiological meaning the effects on the body that it may cause tiredness or or just whatever is going on chemically in the body seems to, at least for me, have a little bit of a negative effect. So I know I have to be mindful in preparation that if I'm going to have a strenuous workout, I either think about how might this impact my thinking or my mood later on so that I can be better prepared to manage it if I feel like I'm going down a particular path. So I was also thinking about a particular client that I was working with and, and what we had accomplished in the day before. And I was overanalyzing the situation, which is something I tend to still do. I'm type A. If something doesn't work out, I'm like, why didn't it work out? I've got to figure it out. What are the future steps that I can do? But this was all based on worry. And that in itself is a problem. On top of that, I had been meeting with a friend I hadn't um, seen in a very long time, and he had a business proposal, kind of like a partnership idea he was discussing with me. And somehow it didn't feel right. It felt precarious. And without going into that story, I recognized that if I had gone into business with him, I would have had to surrender uh, certain things that I wanted to accomplish. And I also would have had to do some things that he thought were essential um, to do the proper marketing of this new business idea, which I did not agree with. And we're definitely a stumbling block. And so I knew in my heart of hearts that there was no way that this was going to happen because I wasn't going to do what he thought needed to be done, uh, which I thought was just kind of a status quo with blinders anyway. So I added all those things together, all of these things that were like problems lumping on top of each other, eh? making me feel more worried, more stressed. I've got these three problems. I'm physically tired. I'm exhausted. It was like a snowball rolling down a hill, gaining momentum, getting ever bigger. And all I could see was negative. So this snowball was picking up sticks and stones. And if you're not careful, by the time it hits the bottom, bam, it's going to be a very painful block 
of ice and garbage by the time it finally hits you and comes to a stop. Thankfully, I asked myself, Darren, why are you feeling sorry for yourself? And that was a question that I posed so that I could, I could answer and I could put it down in writing. And I realized the answer was because of my perception. Some people will now call this the narrative, the story you're telling yourself. I had decided, I chose, that these particular events in my life were somehow negative. So that new awareness, just being a witness, looking at why am I feeling sorry for myself? What were these things? What am I doing? How am I reacting? How am I feeling? And then being able to identify and name them, I was able to reframe my perspective. Now, I could look at some of those situations and say, yes, they are indeed challenging. This particular situation with this client, you know, I'm the client is paying me to do work. I know I do exceptional work, but if the client wasn't perceiving that, it isn't for me to try and manipulate or force the client to see it. It's to help the client understand why I'm doing what I'm doing and the way in which I'm doing it, um, to change their perception as well, but then also to find out, am I still not maybe doing something that's really getting to the problem that the client is experiencing and or what are their perceptions? How, how have they got perceptions based on previous experiences of working with someone like myself? And have those experiences been negative? And have they brought that past narrative to the present moment and created a frame, created a perception that is already setting themselves up for failure in a sense, if they're not fully open to me or a new process or just being present? So, I was looking at my need, one of my values, to have an impact and to really help my clients, other people, make positive changes in themselves in the sense of evolving. I wanted to have a successful business relationship either with this potential friend of mine in creating this new idea or individual clients so that I could keep growing my business, make more money, and not, at that time, have to worry about financial stability. And when I looked at, you know, my physical response to working out and that I was sore, that I had seen this pattern so many times before, that I recognized there were these proactive steps I could put into place. I needed to be better hydrated, so I needed to drink more water after my workout and throughout the day. I needed to prioritize rest, whether that be taking a nap, going to bed earlier, or just uh, shutting down earlier in the evening instead of continuing to work, that I needed to eat more protein and healthy fats so that I could help my body recover more quickly. So these are all the actions that I identified that could be solutions to the various problems I was experiencing. So right now for yourself, like coming out of my story, is there a situation in your own life right now where you constantly feel sorry for yourself. And then it could be a small S, sorry. <laughs> it could be a capital S, holy 
fuck. This is, you know, I feel so sorry for myself all the time. Woe is me. And I'm not making fun of you because I, when we understand ourselves, we can laugh at some of our past behaviors in the sense of, wow, I didn't see that. Now I see that. And like, why did I do this? And then we quickly go, it's not why did I do this? It's just that I didn't see. It's kind of ignorance in a sense of blindness, like horses on the racetrack that have blinders on the side of their eyes because the horse is trained to run straight down the track or to be, you know, nudged by the rider to go a little bit to the right or a little bit to the left and to to feel, I guess, the heels of the, the rider, whether they're, you know, uh, wanting it to go faster or to gallop even more quickly and to not notice the other horses running alongside it or to see, you know, the thousand fans cheering and making noise um, in the stands. They don't want to be distracted. So the blinders can be both a hindrance and something we can use to help ourselves out. The blinders, if we don't take them off to observe and be the witness, you know, we'll never see what's holding us back and, and, and how to really identify all of the behaviors um, in the particular problem or the challenge that we're facing. But once we put solutions or come up with action steps we can take to those problems, we can move straight ahead. And it's not that we need blinders on. It just means that we've resolved all the peripheral distractions until we come to the next thing that's a challenge in life, because life is about challenge and growing. So the way to come out on the other side and feel better about your particular situational challenge or problem is you start looking backwards. You ask yourself the question, what specifically am I feeling sorry about? It's a great question to write at the top of the page. What specifically am I feeling sorry about? And specifically is the key word here. Not just what am I feeling sorry about, because you might be too general. What specifically? Really get detailed. Remember the story I told you at the beginning. I was really detailed about, for example, sitting down in a meeting with my friend and him sharing all these ideas and he was showing me like this PowerPoint of how this business could work. And then there was this one thing that he expected me to have. It was a particular certification he wanted me to have. So that's the specific case in that story. I disagreed that I needed that certification, but there was no overcoming that for him. And that's what helped me get clear that this was not a good choice for me. Because I knew my value um, wouldn't... I knew I had the value without the certification. The certification would only be something that would make him feel that I had the value. In other words, he didn't recognize the value in me without that certification. That's a, another story, but that's just the process that I had to work through. So... Asking, what specifically am I feeling sorry about? Then look at the events in your day so far. Because you're feeling sorry now, in this moment, if that's what you've identified. Now go back in time, maybe one more day. How have these events in the past influenced your thinking in this very moment? 
Do you feel a positive or a negative emotion or feeling or physical sensation in relation to those past events? Write this all down and take a look at, consider each event individually and then wonder, imagine, can you reframe your emotional and intellectual response and eventually entire perception to that or those events. You can even write out a different story. What's the positive in this? How can you make this an actual learning experience, a growing and evolving experience for yourself? And if you're still struggling with trying to find the good or the positive in it, What can you learn from that experience in and of itself? There's kind of a a witnessing neutrality that's required when we're still in the thick of something we're trying to overcome or resolve. And it's like accepting it for what it is, not condoning it in the sense of um, believing it'll never get better, but recognizing that maybe you don't have everything you need in this moment to resolve the issue. Recognizing that is empowering because you're just telling yourself, okay, there's still some things I need to go through to figure out where to go next and what to do next and and how I'm going to make these changes in my life so that I can reframe the situation and my perceptions. But that you've identified it that you've started to witness and note what some of these challenges are and come up with solutions, well, that's like anything in life. We're starting to solve the problem. Not all problems, not all challenges are solved right away. So write down those actions that you can take to change your thinking. And then put them into place and determine what you can do right now that will make you feel better about the situation. Determine what, you know, habits or preparation, proactive steps you can do later today or tomorrow or next week um, or ideas that you can have in your mind based on things that you know are going to repeat in the future so that when that thing comes up, it's like a metaphorical rubber band. It's like pulling it back, a little bit of a discomfort on the skin when the rubber hits the inside of your wrist and you're reminded, oh yeah, I, I know that this is a problem I'm working on, but I also know I need to do step one, step two, step three, and I'm more aware of the situation. I'm not blind to it. So just a gentle warning. This is not always easy work. This is the kind of work that requires... Us being very self-aware and being very self-compassionate, maybe even being publicly vulnerable about what our challenge is and letting other people know that, hey, this is something that, you know, I'm trying to overcome. Um, I recognize this for my own issue and I'm doing my best to make it better. You know, the bigger the problem the bigger the challenge, the more daunting it may seem to be. And hey, 
I've struggled with this over the years. I've just gotten a lot better at it. And there will always be some other big ass problem that's going to show up. To me, that just means I'm growing. I'm taking on more. I'm challenging myself more. I'm dealing with things that are more complex because I've overcome all these other things. So that morning four years ago, and the same can be true for you, I just learned that my concerns were valid. And they had been repeating unconsciously for some time. And there were various actions I took, some of which I've explained. Some of them were, you know, getting out and speaking with more people on a regular basis at that time so I could really build more business. And not just helping people or asking how I could serve them better, but listening. Listening to people's needs and and sort of cataloging that. Listening for the common thread that connects each and every one of those people. And that thread is how I can help improve people's lives and make the biggest impact in the world. One of my top three core values. And so I still do this today. I did this back then, and I have some up on my wall right now. I post reminders. I post post post-it notes or little cue cards on my wall right in my work area to focus on finding the positive or seeing the positive action step I'm going to take that's going to help me resolve the problem, replace perhaps an older habit, which I might be called, quote-unquote, a bad habit, and make it into a more self-improving, self-involving one. So take some time to consider what's dragging you down today. What's the tale of woe you're telling yourself that's disempowering you that's making you weak, that means you're just surrendering and going about your life thinking you can't change it? How can you reframe that situation in your life to make it a positive learning and growing experience? What actions can you take to change your thinking and to change your life? Thanks for listening. And if you find this podcast helpful, there's a couple things you can do to help me. If you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher or any kind of app like that, you can leave me a star rating. You can write me a review. You can share my podcast anywhere on social media, Twitter, Facebook. You can head over to my website and on the episode page itself ask me a question or leave me a comment. And remember, it's your difference that makes a difference in the world.